Welcome back to the Australian Rotary Health podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. I'm Jessica Cooper and joining us today on episode 57 is Associate Professor Geneva O'Han from the University of Western Australia. Geneva was awarded an Australian Rotary Health Mental Health Research Grant from 2020 to 2021 for her project called Engaging Parents in Online Interventions for Their Child's Behaviour Problems by Using Action Planning. More broadly, Geneva's research focuses on understanding when and how to best provide children with access to prevention and intervention services for mental health problems. She's especially interested in the role that stigma plays in deterring young Australians and families from accessing services and how stigma personally impacts on them. So it's really great to have you on the podcast today, Geneva. I understand that you're Zooming in today from Western Australia. How's everything going on there? Yeah, things are well, all things considered. Um, yeah, I'm on Noongar country, which is where I live and work in Perth. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Sydney. So the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation are the um, yeah, traditional custodians of this land where I'm recording from today. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's really great to have you. Um, so children's mental health is such an important area, especially now, and, and parents really do play such a critical role in helping their kids. Can you tell us about the importance of parenting programs for children's mental health and perhaps some of the gaps that you notice when planning to start this research project? Yeah, sure. Um, first things first is that's right, Jessica, there's a lot going on in the world, um, especially in the last couple of years. And no matter how much we try to protect kids, it can impact on them and their behavior. Um, and it makes it hard for parents too, because there can be a lot of conflicting information about how to best help their children when they're experiencing those challenges. Um, so one thing we know is that we have um, supportive parenting programs that give parents skills to help their children navigate and cope with these life challenges. And that these can really be effective in helping the parents um, helping the parents feel more confident in their abilities, as well as in helping children with their behaviors and to cope with um, challenges like we've been experiencing in the past couple of years. We've had a lot of research into these programs over the past few decades, um, which all say that they help um, and they're really resilient. So they help whether that's in face-to-face -face individual meetings, group meetings, um, or even when they're put online, such that the parent can do them completely independently without a therapist. Um, that's really great because um, online parenting programs can be accessed right away and used by parents who are living in a variety of circumstances. So they don't have to have access to babysitters or to make arrangements or access to conventional services. Maybe they're living remotely or rurally um, or working during traditional office hours. Um, but although you know, that overcomes a lot of those barriers, what we tend to see is that parents engaging in those online interventions um, to support their, their children's behavior 
uh, are typically quite low, um, both in starting the program and low in completing the program. And so that's what we wanted to focus on in this grant, was not necessarily improving those programs because we know that they're really helpful, but what can we do to support parents to enter them and to complete them? Yeah, yeah, great. Um, it, it sounds like a very interesting project. Um, I also know that the project focused, focused specific, uh, can't say my words today, <laughs> specifically on action planning. Um, can you describe to our audience what that is? Um, well, yeah, so we wanted to figure out, as, as I was saying, how it is we're going to engage parents in this in, in online parenting programs. And our question was, um, how? And what we thought we would do is to use action plans, which are um, uh, plans that people make about how, when, and where they're going to get something done. Um, and you can make an action plan for just about anything. Um, in this case, we wanted to make an action plan about doing the, an online parenting program um, to help uh, a parent support their child's behavior. Um, so I thought to try and show you what an action plan is and our listeners as well, um, that we could try one today. Are you up for one? Yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. <laughs> okay, um, well, um, I thought what we could do is to make one that many of our listeners might um, might be able to relate to. Um, so let's say that um, you, Jessica, are thinking of um, trying to engage in um, regular meditation practice uh, using a, a, a meditation on a video internet guide. Okay, so, mm -hmm. so that's what we're talking about. So the first thing we would do is say, right, so what's your goal in doing regular meditation? Um, I, I guess I would like to do it more often, maybe a couple of times a week. Okay. Um, and what might uh, you, by your goal, I'm thinking, what kind of um, outcome do you think that you'll be able to, to reach? Like, what's your purpose in doing meditation? Uh, I guess, you know, reduce my stress levels, you know, feel more mm -hmm. calm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the next thing is to think of the specifics around how to accomplish that goal. Um, so you were thinking that you do it a couple of times a week. And mm -hmm. at what time of day might you think of doing it? Uh, probably right at the start of the day in the morning, just after waking up. Okay. And then my final one question is around when will you start? Hmm. Well, I could start tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> okay, so you know that you want to do meditation because it will be good for your well-being and you want to start tomorrow a couple times a week in the morning. That's a pretty good action plan. Um, last one, though, is where will you do your meditation? Probably in my living room. In your living room. Okay, um, so Right now we've got a pretty good action plan that might help you to get that done, to get your meditation done. Um, you can add to a simple action plan like this by making coping plans, which are um, things that help you to think of what might get in the way of your action plan and how to overcome it. Like for me, uh, my biggest enemy of getting coming through on my goals is forgetting. Um, I forget lots of things. And so I need to make a plan to remember. So I might set a reminder on my phone or put something into my calendar, write something into my calendar that I must do and highlight it um, just to help me remember. 
Um, now, this kind of action plan is just an example, like, like I said, but to let you know, ones like it have been used in other areas of health and well-being and have helped people to engage in all sorts of different behaviors, um, like even remembering to go for cancer screening. Um, having an action plan to do that can help more people get to cancer screening um, than, than would be otherwise if they didn't make that action plan. So although this is a completely different thing around parents engaging in online interventions, we thought, well, you know, given that parents are well-intentioned and really have goals to do it, maybe what we can do is to support their goals by walking them through um, an online guide to do an action plan. Yeah, yeah. So, so the action meant the action plan was really to get them to you know make time for that intervention. That's right. Yeah, to figure out when and where and how they're going to get that done. Yeah, yeah, it sounds, yeah, like a, a really good idea. And um, how, how did that sort of go? Well, I, I guess, firstly, like, what were some of the, the main aims of your mental health research project? And how'd you go about addressing them? Well, our first aim was to see if uh, having that on online guide um, to help parents through action planning and, and coping planning too, getting the program started and then getting the program done would actually help them do those two things. First of all, get it, the program started, and then if it would help them get it done. So would it help them to spend more time in the program, get more of the modules completed, that kind of thing. Yeah, and can you walk us through some of the, um, the findings that came out of this study? Oh, sure. Um, well, first of all, action plans didn't work like they like we thought they would. Um, we found that parents who were given our planning guide tended to engage more. So, for example, they used more of the program and they spent more time in it. So they completed more modules, um, but not enough of a difference was seen there, even though it was all in the direction we thought it would be. Um, it was not enough that it was what we call in science speak statistically significant. And what that means is that the differences that we saw might have been a chance finding. Um, mm -hmm. One thing we noticed, though, is that the quality of the action plans, the amount of detail that parents put into them, um, was related to starting the program. So what that means is that if you're having trouble getting started in a parenting program that's online, it's more likely that sitting down and making a detailed action plan to really think about when, where, and how you'll get it done and make plans uh, about what, uh, how to uh, get around what obstacles might come in your way, uh, the barking dogs, um, the kids running around, will help you overcome that initial step and get started. Yeah, great. Um, and you were also, can conducting this research during a pandemic, which I guess would have brought on a range of challenges as well. Did this affect how the parents engaged in the program, would you say? Yeah, we believe it did. Um, I did a similar study just before COVID hit, um, the, the couple years before COVID hit. And at this time, um, what we found this time around, this study started just as COVID was was coming in just as the pandemic was, was starting. Um, and what we found between the two studies is that during the pandemic, um, more, more parents enrolled in the program than they did before in the years before. And also we found that they tended to complete a bit more of the program as well. Um, so on the bright side, this means that having a, a self-directed online program available for parents during a pandemic is useful um, and that 
you know, this is especially good considering that many face-to-face -face services were often delayed or not available for long periods during the pandemic. Um, but on the downside, it means that if trying to do this study during the pandemic might have led to different results than if we'd done it at another time. So maybe making an action plan under these unexpected and challenging circumstances just isn't as relevant to supporting parents as it might be if it's not under these same circumstances. Um, for example, with pe people being more at home due to COVID, that might have been more likely to engage with online programs and action plans just weren't as needed in that situation. Hmm. Yeah, some very yeah, interesting observations there. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see if it would have been different at a different time. Um, I guess, do you, do you see any implications coming out of this research, I guess, in terms of um, children's mental health in the future? Yeah, um, well, certainly making an action plan won't work against you and taking some time to make a detailed one might even be helpful, especially in taking that first step to starting the program. Um, still, though, it, it wasn't a superior strategy as we thought it was going to be. So what this does mean is that we'll still need to think of ways to support parents to get services to help them and their children in the future. So we think that maybe it would be worthwhile providing parents with resources to make a detailed action plan, um, more so than an online guide like we provided. So something maybe like a video, um, a how-to video, or even face-to-face -face guidance if it's possible, um, even if it's um, online face-to-face, -face, like just contact with a, a person um, might help as well, rather than an online independent guide. Um, and I think it also means that there's still more strategies, many other strategies that we're going to have to try to encourage their engagement to. Hmm. And yeah, you spoke about, you know, some things that you could potentially do in the future. Are these in the works in, in terms of expanding the research at all? Yeah, well, look, I'm always looking for ways to improve children's and parents' mental health and well-being. Um, when, whether that's through exploring you know, ways to improve therapies or to make therapies more relevant um, or to find out how to engage, uh, enhance engagement and um, interventions we already have. Um, I'm now looking into what types of barriers parents have experienced in doing online interventions during the pandemic. And that might connect us to some better answers that are really relevant to today's parents um, who, whose children are experiencing problems due to these uh, to problems related to this. Um, and yeah, we're also going to try to publish what we've discussed here today as well. Oh, great. Um, yes, yes. So yeah, it's always very exciting. It sounds like there's always more research to be done. Um, you know, on, on what, you're, what you're doing. So that sounds really, really great. Um, and I guess you, you might know um, that ARH is also changing its research focus this year to the mental health of zero to 12 year olds. Um, what would you like to see happen in this area of research in the future? Um, well, first of all, what a fabulous question and I feel privileged being asked. So um, thanks for asking me. Um, I'd like to see us get to the point where we have effective and suitable support for children across a range of their needs and circumstances. Um, so this would likely see us focus on a really diverse range of children and parents. Um, children uh, and families who are from various different backgrounds to ensure that we have inclusive and suitable approaches to supporting their mental health and well-being. 
And um, just lastly, our Rotarians really enjoy hearing about the research that they um, help to support. Can you please tell our Rotary audience why it's important for mental health research funding to continue and how it may have helped you personally? Yeah. Um, well, what can I say other than it's really crucial? Um, you fill a spot that isn't out there for Australian research like this. Otherwise, um, we need a place to support research that's important to Aussie families and that's willing to um, you know, take a bit of a risk, even if it means that the outcome, uh, given that it means that the outcomes to our families um, have the potential to, to really tangibly support them and their kids. Um, the vast majority of what Rotary funds would um, the, sorry, the vast majority of Rotary funds. I just don't think um, those projects would have gotten done without this uh, resource. Um, the questions that I'm interested in are important because if we can better engage parents in interventions we have um, and support uh, them to help their children cope with life's challenges, then um, it will help not only the children and parents now, but well into their future. Um, so getting these sorts of projects funded isn't easy, but it's um, done and doable through the Rotary. So a huge thanks from me. Yeah, well, thank you um, for doing your important work as well. It's always great to hear about the, the work of our researchers that we support. So thanks again for joining the podcast. And I guess, was there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Uh, nothing other than just, again, to express my appreciation for everybody's interest and time and support. Great. Thank you so much. That was the 57th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. If you can, please support important mental health research like Geneva's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.